Hello and welcome to another episode of From No Crypto to No Crypto. This is the Crypto Coach, Blockchain Wayne, with another cryptocurrency podcast. Today's episode brought to us by Blockchain Training Academy, helping to take cryptocurrency and blockchain education to the masses. Today, I wanted to, to talk a little bit about trust. So trust is something that is the backbone of really every economy, every society. Uh, you have to have trust in the system. When you exchange something of value to you for say dollars, you have trust that that's going to work right. Right. When you put money in a bank, you have trust that they're going to do what they should do. When you, um, you know, buy something from a store, you have trust that you're getting a good quality product, quality value. When you elect officials, you also trust or have trust that they're going to do what's best for the people of the area that, that are being voted for. The problem, which we see happening throughout the world today, is that trust has been violated. So why am I talking about this on a cryptocurrency podcast? Mainly because you can see there's a lot of implications where blockchain technology and cryptocurrency can restore trust where trust has been broken, right? And, and what's happening in the world today right now uh, with the, you know, the protests and the riots based on, you know, trust is put into police force to do what they're supposed to do. And yes, not, not everyone abuses trust, but certain people abuse trust and some others try to look the other way. And that's when you have people protest and revolt and unfortunately riot and loot. And that's what happens when people feel there is no other option, but trust has been violated, right? We live in a world today where the media is scripted. Uh, you can get, you, there's more validity in live streams that people are doing from their phone than the news media, which you could see is scripted and twisted to meet a certain story based on what are the viewers going to want to see versus what is the truth, right? So blockchain can solve a lot of this, right? Imagine a blockchain platform where you can upload live streams that's not censored, that's not edited, and the community, the network, the nodes of in general can decide in agreement what we call consensus what you know what is what gets boosted and what doesn't versus facebook for instance saying this is what we want you to see this is not what we this is not what we want you to see so we're going to censor this and not censor this we're going to only boost this so those are problems that have happened so social media again it's power we expect to be able to gather socially on digital sites and be able to interact without interference, without censorship. And what happens is that trust is abused. And most of the times they start out with good intentions, right? So I'm not saying that governments are inherently bad. I'm not saying that bankers were inherently bad. Now, those that created the banks um, with the, you know, the idea of controlling the money. Yeah, those are bad, right? So, um, you know, when you look at, you know, police force, the idea behind a police force is to protect and serve. When you look at other entities um, that are that have been that have had power and the power been abused, they started out with good intentions. But that attention, those intentions eventually evolved because of the abuse of power. You've heard probably heard the phrase um, power corrupts apps, you know, power corrupts and absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. So when people get um, absolute power without oversight, without, um, you know, repercussions, then 
people will take advantage of that power. And that has, you know, led to many abuses of power. Uh, we see it happen all the time, but we're looking for truth and transparency. And blockchain can give you that within so many different industries and entities, right? I'm talking about banking, real estate, healthcare, uh, voting. Voting is a big one right now. There's a big debate as far as whether or not we should do mail-in voting or not. Right. If there was already a blockchain system in place for voting that could allow clear transparency. Now, you may say, well, how can blockchain give you transparency? Well, for one, think of how blockchain operates. Most of them achieve consensus when the network agrees that certain criteria is met and certain. And it's so it's set on a predetermined set of laws and not based on the actions, judgments or. Uh, whatever you want to call it, of multi, you know, of, of several people that may be in control. So um, that can give some oversight. And then blockchains are open and, and transparent, most of them. And this is a privacy-focused cryptocurrency built on a privacy-focused blockchain. Most of them are open and transparent. For instance, if I want to see how much money uh, in Bitcoin is moving around the world, I can see that. If I want to see how much of different uh, cryptocurrencies that are pegged as stable coins like the USDT and other crypto stable coins, I can do that by going to a blockchain explorer and I can see what's being moved where. Now, most of the addresses are anonymous, but you can still see there's transparency in the movement. Uh, and with that, um, you know, if you know identities of certain ones, like there are certain wallets that have been identified as exchanges for say like Binance and Coinbase and other exchanges. So you can see when large amounts are either moved onto that exchange or taken off of that exchange. It creates transparency and transparency um, stops the, um, the ability or the temptation for people to abuse power. I don't know how many times in my lifetime we've seen politicians rise to power and we're told they're different. They're not going to do this. They're not going to do that. They're not going to be corrupt. Right. I saw one where, you know, there was a mayor, uh, in a city nearby that was elected and people said, well, he's already a wealthy man. He are, he's already made his name, so he's not going to be influenced uh, to be corrupt. Well, what happened? Fast forward, that, that politician's now in jail. Now, you know, this was, you know, we're talking 15 years ago when it, when it happened, uh, but he's in jail uh, and when people thought he was incorruptible. So it's about the power. It wasn't that he went into office with the intention but when you see the opportunities are there, people let greed take over, people let selfishness take over. In the case of what's happening uh, from the, you know, in Minneapolis with the the death of George Floyd, it, it's it's um, you know evil can take over. Uh, and I, I'm talking in essence to what that one particular cop did. Well, I'll say one. I mean, there was four of them there, right? They're all just as equally guilty. But that is what happens when power corrupts. Now, what happened? We have a live stream to see what happened. Now, if there was no cameras there, if there was no uh, nobody there filming this, chances are that would have been just swept away, brushed under the rug, uh, just, you know, as, as something that was a non-issue. But cell phones, right? These are our power um, to do it. And so that's why I say live streams give more credibility to what's happening than the mainstream media. But what happens, certain videos are posted on Facebook, um, right, wrong, and different. If it's a live stream with no editing, I mean, that is the truest, rarest, I mean, rawest form of footage you have that should be allowed. So there are blockchain platforms 
that are available that are video platforms where you can post videos such as DTube, uh, which is like a decentralized YouTube, also one called Library. It's spelled L-B-R-Y dot TV. That's the website you can go to. They have an app for your computer, they have an app for your phone, uh, and you can see that I post content there as well. Um, not because I'm worried about being censored, but because it is um, more of an organic platform. I can have thousands of followers on a centralized uh, social media platform and get very little engagement in a post. I can go to a true platform that's not censored and that's not, when I say censored, I don't just mean like stop me from seeing what I want to see, but boosting, they boost stuff they want you to see and make and basically shadow what they call shadow ban stuff they don't want you to see, which it's there if you search for it, but they're not going to show it in your newsfeed and alert when it may be something that would interest you. So that's what I'm talking about when I talk about shadow banning. So trust is what brought us here, you know, where we are today. Um, you know, when you look at what's happening in the U.S., let's talk about the Federal Reserve. The Federal Reserve was created um, by a group of people that realized they didn't need to control the government. They control the money flow and the creation of money. Then they could have absolute power. And that power has been abused. And you see that happen in the banking industry over and over and over. It's funny. Just last week, Goldman Sachs came out with another uh, piece about why Bitcoin is bad. Right. But uh, and, and one of the things that's inherently used by criminals, supposedly. Right. When they have had, you know, they have laundered billions more than what they have say was used for criminal activity on the Bitcoin blockchain. So what does that tell you about power? Um, it, it's it's corrupt. So blockchain and cryptocurrency gives that freedom back because let's talk about cryptocurrency peer to peer. There's no outside influence. If I want to transact with you. I can do that. I don't need a third party approval because instead of having a bank or a credit card company approve my transaction or verify that they like what I'm buying or if what I'm buying looks suspicious, they could block it. Right. Versus if I want to transact with you, I can send straight peer to peer without any middleman. Now, the approval still has to happen. And that approval is done by a global network, which is called consensus. Now, different blockchains are different methods of consensus, but the best and most secure ones are heavily decentralized. What I mean, what I mean is there are um, tens of thousands and even more computers that are verified. Now, some of it you may heard is mining, which is one protocol. Another protocol is called proof of stake, where people are staking a financial investment into the into the network um, and running a node on the network at the same time, which is verifying transactions and allows them to passively earn um, small amounts of that crypto. So I'm not going to get too much into crypto into crypto mining versus crypto staking. But just understand that's how consensus is made. So instead of putting your trust into people, we are putting our trust into math, which is absolute, which is definite. There's no chance for human intervention. And, and the reason I say that, so let's take Bitcoin transaction, for instance. If I send you Bitcoin, somebody wanted to reverse that transaction or block that transaction, they would have to be able to hack into 51 plus percent of the network, not only just hack in, but they would all, not only control that, but they would also have to spend exorbitant amount of money, more than that hack would be worth to reverse whatever they're looking to reverse it. I mean, and when you look at as time goes on, uh, it's continually, the blockchain is continually being processed. Consensus is happening. There's zero downtime in, in the blockchain. So what's happening is it's virtually impossible to hack many of those networks. Um, now, there's going to be blockchains that are going to come out that are going to be centrally controlled, right? JP Morgan Chase, you know, they just changed their tune again last week. Now they're 
now they're 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 um, talking good about Bitcoin again. And it's funny how they go back and forth depending on what they're going on. But they've been working on their own cryptocurrency, JP Morgan chain. And my guess is they're building it on their own blockchain. That's going to be a, a closed blockchain, right? So it's not a true decentralized blockchain. Yeah, it may be efficient for some of their business practices, but it's not going to benefit you or I. Whereas open blockchains, open source networks are what is going to benefit us. And you may think many of you watching this are watching this from countries like the US or Canada or the UK or anywhere in Europe, where maybe you, you have we have infrastructure and systems that work and you have access to banking and financial institutions. But there's billions, right? There's over 7 billion people in the world and there's over four to 5 billion that don't have access to financial markets. And that that alone just, just sets them back and keeps them from being free. So we talk about oppression, financial oppression. It was one of the biggest things that is affecting the world today. And blockchain and cryptocurrency gives us the ability to do that. A $20 or less uh, simple smartphone now, which technology has come down, and even some of your third world countries that don't have running water, don't have running um, electricity, um, may have uh, decent cell networks, right? And some of these places, like you look at, there's a lot of development happening and implementation happening across Africa because there's villages that may not have running water or electricity, but they have solar panels where they can charge a cheap Nokia phone that will allow them access to the internet, access to banking, I don't mean traditional banking. I'm talking about through cryptocurrency. So you see a lot of uh, a lot of cryptocurrencies that are working on development. Um, they're working with places in Africa and other countries that don't have an existing, uh, say, working financial economy. That way they can uh, just show how the benefit of this is. And that's huge when you think about it, because let's face it, you and I, like we're lucky. We're lucky because based on where we were born in relation to an imaginary line, which we call borders, right? But other people are not so lucky. You see it all the time, you know, the immigration debate. I'm not going to get into that too much, but, um, you know, it's based on where people are born. So people, these people are born. They didn't ask to be born there. We didn't ask to be born here. We were just fortunate. They were not, right? So, but being able to give access to that can help raise the bar and give them access to, um, to economies, to financial institutions, to be able to create a, a, a substantial living and legacy for their family. And that's really all people want is to do better in life. That's the thing. Even these people that abuse power, a lot of them start out with the intention of wanting more and more to build a better and better and better life. But then greed takes over, evil takes over. And that's when you see the twistedness of the divides in the world with the hate, with the racism, with the um, corporate greed, um, you know, where pe many people, you know, lose money, uh, money, they lose their life, they lose their freedom, right? So those are, those are all things that we need to um, figure out how to solve. And a lot of times um, blockchain technology can, can improve a lot of that. You think about blockchain technology can help to track goods to verify the source of them. Um, blockchain technology can be utilized to uh, settle real estate contracts instead of having to pay a bunch of middlemen because all you're paying for them is the verified trust that you can actually buy that property um, on both sides. One, that you can get access to the money and two, that the person that's selling it to you actually holds the deed or has access to that property. So blockchain can do all that because there's times where that power has been abused. Um, blockchain can, uh, you know, have better management and maintenance of medical records. 
you know, for health patients and stop uh, certain things. And we've all heard of research that have been censored, uh, you know, so this can provide an open world where platforms are built on top of this that can't be controlled by one person. And that alone can allow us as a community to evolve. Because let's face it, everything, every time you look at something bad happening in the news, especially what's happened this past week, it's a select few or single or a few people that violate trust, that do something evil, and it impacts everyone, right? So this is a chance for the community that is inherently good and better than that to control that. Now, is there still going to be violence? Is there still going to be um, mis you know, trust being violated? Absolutely. You can't eliminate it completely, but I'm saying let's build some transparent systems that point towards accountability. And that's where I feel cryptocurrency and blockchain can bring, right? Several years ago, when I got into the cryptocurrency space, I got into it merely for a financial gain. That was, that, that was my whole goal. Let's face it. That's why we do a lot of things that we do. I had a bad stock investment that, that went bad. I wanted to get into crypto. Now, granted, you know, got in at the right time. It was before, you know, everything, you know, boomed uh, the first, you know, before everything boomed the last time, you know, and I was able to benefit from that. But as I started to dig deeper and peel back the layers of what are the, the inherent implications of this technology, I've got, always got a reference back to, um, to, you know, whenever the internet was first released. And uh, it's funny, I've got a, I got a quote that I've saved or a picture. It was a quote from a, an economist back in 94 or 95 talking about how horrible the internet was. And it was, it was only going to be used to send faxes and look at where we are today. Right. But that is a technology because access to, uh, to it by, by all people allow many people to thrive and flourish and have access to information. We live in an information age where we have more access to information now than anywhere else. The, the problem now is trying to figure out what to believe, what not to believe, what is scripted, what is not scripted. And blockchain can add some transparency to that. You know, blockchain can point to sources of information, raw footage. Like I said, I, the biggest thing I think we can see the transformation happen soon is when it comes to, um, when it comes to mainstream media, because mainstream media is scripting it, but we see a lot of the truth in the, in the live videos and the live stream videos and having a platform that doesn't censor or boost or hide certain posts from your timeline uh, is really what we, you know, what we could, could utilize. So there's a, and there's some several, you know, I've done posts in the past, done, done uh, podcasts in the past, talking about different blockchain based social media platforms, uh, but the biggest thing about those, it takes users to catch on. So more, so when you get in there, it may be clunky at first. There may not be a lot of users. You may not have any friends in there, um, but it's going to take a lot of people gravitating towards that for things to happen. But I think right now we live in a world right now where people are ready for change. People realize that on all sides, this is not a leftist issue. This is not a rightist issue. This is all sides. There's corruption, there's evil, there's hatred in the world, but there's steps we can take to prevent that, you know, um, you know, the peaceful protests are great getting, having voices heard. I see people and, and organizations donating money. That is a great start. Uh, the biggest thing we need to do is move towards a more transparent system where, you know, we can, you know, survive, not just survive, but thrive and give equal opportunity at all. Not just based on the color of your skin or your gender or the, the, what side of the border you were born on, but access to all um with without discrimination and that's what you know it's crypto i'm not saying cryptocurrency and blockchain alone can do that 
but it will be a useful tool along that road of development as we search for better options, better alternatives, uh, better ways to create transparency in everything we do. Um, you know, and so that's really just, just this episode. I really just wanted to say what was on my mind when it comes to that. And I wanted to share it. So that's why I'm, I'm doing video and audio to share it on multiple platforms. So depending on where you're listening to this to, if you're listening to the audio, I'm also going to have video on YouTube and library TV. If you're listening, if you're watching the video, I've also got the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, uh, Stitcher, and several other podcast platforms. Um, so just comment, you know, share your voice. How do you think we can utilize cryptocurrency and blockchain to improve a lot of the abuses of power we're seeing in the world. Uh, I named some of them here. There's something that I meant. Obviously, you know, I could probably talk for hours and we could figure out more and more cases, use cases for this. And then it's just going to take, you know, once the, the thought is there, it's just going to take someone to develop it. Uh, but what do you think? Um, you know, so chime in, go to my Facebook page from No Crypto to No Crypto or comment in the video, in the podcast. Uh, what do you think? What else do you think can happen? Uh, if we utilize and harness the power of this technology. So that's it, everyone, for today's episode. Uh, thank you for listening, and I will catch you in, catch you on the next episode.